Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I think one of the people love one of the reasons people love going to the beach uh, is not just the temperature, the salty air, but it's the vastness of what's before them. Uh, people are impressed with the vastness of the ocean, and you look out; it's something that is so wide and long and deep that you can't even fathom uh, how truly great this thing in front of you is. But in college in Southern California, I enjoyed going to the beach at night. And one thing I was always impressed by was just the vastness because you'd be standing there on the beach in somewhere like Santa Monica and all the lights of the big city are, are behind you, but you would just look out at the ocean and all the lights of the big city would get swallowed up into the blackness of the vastness of the ocean. We can't fathom in our minds just how big, how wide, how long, and how high and deep it is. But that is how we should really think about the love of God. We're looking at a passage today that speaks in those terms, and it talks about how God's love is something that is too big for us to understand. Uh, Let's go to our New Testament reading today, Ephesians chapter 3. And Paul speaks of the mystery of the gospel. And basically what he's saying is something that used to be um, not known, but now has been revealed. And he's talking about how now it is clearly uh, revealed that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the same promise uh, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And how Paul is saying, I've been given this grace Uh, to preach in verse 8 to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now there again, there's that idea of riches. You are rich, unimaginably rich, filthy, stinking rich if you are in Christ. Uh, But then we get to this very encouraging portion in verses 14 through 21. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches again of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I love how it it puts that there, even that he's praying that they would have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the high. It's something that on our own, we don't even have the strength to comprehend But he is praying that we would have strength to understand how amazing the love of Christ is. And that's been something that's been sticking out to me in the book of Ephesians. I hope that's something that's sticking out to you in uh, the the book of Ephesians is uh, just how rich you are in Christ. You don't deserve any of it. You were dead in your sin. Uh, You were lost in the darkness. You were headed for destruction, but God made you alive. And now he has made you rich. Um, 
we see there some specific things that should encourage us. We'll get back to the love of Christ, but even just that we would be strengthened through the Spirit. It says that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Um, that's an amazing statement going back to chapter one, uh, that reminder that we have the same power at work in us that brought Jesus Christ back from the dead. And here we see we have the power of his spirit working in our inner being. And then there's that there's so much love in the next few verses that would be rooted and grounded in love. Again, kind of a the picture of a tree or also the picture of a foundation rooted and grounded in love uh, and surrounded by this unfathomable love. I mean, that's something we need to think about more. We forget how much God loves us. We, we can never emphasize too much the love of God. Did you hear that? It is impossible to overemphasize the love of God for his people. Impossible. And if you're thinking, well, isn't it? No, it's it's possible to explain the love of God poorly. It's possible to uh, proclaim the love of God unbiblically, but it's not possible to overemphasize the love of God because the love of God is something that is so great. We need strength even to, to, to try to think about it because it is so broad and long and high and wide. And so we want to think today about the love of God and how rich we are because of the love of God. And I hope especially as we have read through Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, this has stood out to you. And I hope it stands out to you because as we get into Ephesians 4 and 5 and 6, as it starts to shift to being more imperative and telling us what to do, it is all based on this foundation that we are rich through the love of God. So think about the ocean right now. Think about how vast it is. Imagine yourself there standing on the beach and say, even the ocean, it doesn't compare to the love of Christ. There's that great old hymn, the love of God. And it talks about, you know, if the the oceans were were basically an inkwell and the skies were, were scrolls, you know, if we tried to write the love of God in the sky, we would drain the ocean dry. And even if the whole sky was a scroll, we wouldn't be able to put all of the love of God up there. And I hope today you are rightly overwhelmed with the love of God. If you are one of his people, God loves you in a way that Paul says, man, I'm praying you would even have strength to grasp how much he loves you. He loves us so much that as we saw in chapter two, in the ages to come, he's just going to continue showing us the riches of his grace. Um, So be encouraged today by the love of God and be encouraged by the power of God. The chapter ends with this amazing statement. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, God can do so much more than we can ask or think and, and be encouraged. Even if you're if you're serving or you're seeking to share the gospel in any of those ways, be encouraged that you may feel so small, you may feel so weak, but God is so big and so powerful and he can do a lot through you. He can do more than you could ask or think. But let's trust 
his power at work in us through the Spirit, his love for us in Jesus Christ, and what he can do through us uh, that is not, thank God, limited by us, uh, but is really according to God and his power, which is beyond our comprehension. Now, as we go back to the Old Testament, we are finishing up the book of Hosea today in Hosea chapters 9 through 14. So a lot to read there, but as you do, a couple things to notice, I mean, kind of three themes in this book that are themes very common to the prophets. There is the theme of judgment, there is the theme of God's love, and there is the call to repentance, right? Judgment, but God's love and repentance. I mean, we see much of just the continued uh, judgment throughout these chapters as God speaks of the judgment that is coming and how they um, they will not uh, sing praises. Uh, they, they will not rejoice in chapter nine because of their spiritual prostitution. Uh, their you know their supplies are going to be empty, and they are not going to remain in the land. We see the judgment that is coming, but again, you see the love that God has for uh, Israel. Um, that's seen very well in chapter eight or chapter eleven, verse eight, which says, "How can I give you up, O Ephraim?" How can I hand you over, O Israel? Um, Later in that verse, my heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. There we see the compassion of the Lord for his people, that he, he is he is rightly angry over their sin, you know, which it describes consistently as whoredom, right? And spiritual prostitution. But I, I love you still. And we see God's compassion for the nation of Israel. But then we also see the call for repentance. In chapter 14, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Uh, but then there's a continued call, uh, reminder, hey, Assyria is not going to save you. Other things won't save you, but I can heal you. I can do what these cannot do. And, and just think how well, you're not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but these are messages God is calling you to bring into the world. Uh, hey, there there is judgment coming for sin, but there is a God who is compassionate and merciful, and he is calling all people everywhere to repent. That's basically the gospel, guys. Uh, the judgment is coming, but there is compassion. And now we know even more specifically, and, and it has come through the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And now we need to turn from our sin and put our faith in the Savior. So um, hopefully you get a chance to share what you're seeing in Hosea with somebody else as you point people to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior, the one who loves us with a love that is so vast can barely comprehend. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.